0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Fantasy Council Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this episode, I'll go through our Week 16 rankings and give various thoughts at each position. Starting at quarterback, last week was disappointing for Josh Allen and Dak Prescott for what was thought to be a shootout. But they remain top three options along with Jalen Hurts. But behind them, there are some tougher matchups. Lamar Jackson is our QB4 versus San Francisco. The Niners, I guess, haven't been great in coverage. But they're still a stingy overall defense, so we'll see how Jackson does on Christmas night. And behind him in the top five over Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy for tougher matchups facing the Raiders and Ravens respectively, we have Justin Fields taking on the Cardinals. Arizona is more attackable on the ground, which I'll get to when we get to the running backs. But I like Fields roll upside. We know the rushing production he can have to make him at least a top five option and arguably the QB three for the week. And then in the lower end of the QB1 ranks, it's unclear if Geno Smith will play for Seattle, but if he does, it's a great matchup versus Tennessee, and at least they play on Sunday so you don't have to worry about sweating out if Smith will be under center or not. And one spot above Smith is Jared Goff taking on the Vikings. That could be a tough matchup with the aggressiveness of Brian Flores' defense, but they're better attacked through the air than on the ground, and Goff's confidence should be high after a five-touchdown performance last week. So Detroit should remain deadly on those play-action passes. And I could see Jamison Williams or Jameer Gibbs hitting Minnesota for a big reception if they bring pressure and Detroit has an answer for it. And just missing the QB1 ranks, as our QB13, is Kyler Murray. He quietly has a tough matchup versus a Chicago defense that has played much better in recent weeks. And the game being on the road is a downgrade for Murray. So you'll probably need rushing production for him to return QB1 value. And C Stroud also has a tough matchup. His will at least be at home where Cleveland is not as challenging. But he'll take on the Browns, who are now 9-5, and, and continue to push for a playoff spot. This is a big game for the wildcard race. And the Browns having all their corners healthy could make it a challenge for Stroud, so he's more of a high-end QB2. And on the other side of that matchup, I like Joe Flacco as a streaming option. Basically, the veteran can still throw the ball at a very high level. And with how Kevin Stefanski's offense operates, he's often finding open guys, whether it be Amari Cooper, David Njoku, or someone else. So we have Flacco as a mid-range QB2 if you need a desperation option or want a cheap option in DFS lineups. At running back, no surprise with Christian McCaffrey being in the top spot. But behind him, Kyron Williams has as strong a case as anyone to be the overall RB2. He had a couple of fumbles last week. Sean McVeigh kept him in the game and expressed confidence in him following the game. Williams doing all of the little things right, which I've talked about over the past couple of years, will keep him on the field, so I'm sure he'll take care of the fumbles and continue to be a high-end RB1 the rest of the way. And then in the RB3 spot for this week, we have Kenneth Walker taking on the Titans, and this is shocking to me that he's ranked in the 20s on ESPN. I guess they didn't watch on Monday night but Seattle turned to Walker as their offensive centerpiece in the second half, and he was the engine to key their victory. So they said he's as healthy as he's been, and Walker was a high-end RB1 to start the year before going down. So I see no reason he should be ranked in the RB2 flex range and should be back in the high-end RB1 ranks versus a Tennessee defense that could be without Jeffrey Simmons again and was just eliminated from playoff contention. Jumping now to the RB2 range, Devon Achan, we have as the RB14 for this week. He didn't look quite like himself as he played through a toe injury last week. He seemed to look down a bit after plays, but he played deep into the second half, which is encouraging. And the damage that James Cook did against Dallas should bode well for Achan's chances of putting up numbers this week alongside Raheem Mostert. For the New England backfield, I'd be surprised if Ramondre Stevenson plays But if he did, it'd be a great spot versus Denver. But if it's Ezekiel Elliott again, drawing the start, he was bottled up last week against Kansas City. But because of the matchup, Denver is now allowing the second most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs rather than the most after the Cardinals were just destroyed by Christian McCaffrey. But they're still very vulnerable versus the run, as the line showed last week. So Elliott would be a strong RB2 on Christmas Eve if he starts again in place of Stevenson. At the RB21 spot, we have Najee Harris. I know he's been a disappointment, but Cincinnati has a bottom five run defense, and Ty Chandler just had a career day against them. So I like Najee to bounce back with Mason Rudolph under center. I would think Pittsburgh will want to establish the run. So we have him as a hopeful RB2. And sticking with Chandler, he's a great investment for the rest of the season, the top option in our waiver wire article this week. But it's worth noting the matchup versus Detroit is tough. On the bright side, Kevin O'Connell said he'll now be a featured part of the offense. But we have Chandler outside the top 30 at running back because of the matchup. And if you play in Week 18, he notably faces the Lions again. So if you have other options, I would consider keeping him on the bench if possible. And next week versus the Packers for the fantasy championship will be a much better spot for Chandler, and he'd probably be an RB too. The guy that just faced the Detroit defense was Javante Williams. He only had three fantasy points in half PPR leagues and now gets another tough draw versus New England. So we'll see if Denver is able to establish the run and get a better game flow by playing from ahead. But he's more of a flex option this week that will be dependent on fighting the end zone versus a Patriots defense that's allowed just 3.1 yards per carry this season. And to finish things off at running back, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about this matchup for Chicago versus Arizona and how favorable it would be for the backfield. As stated, the Cardinals now allowing the most fantasy points to the position, but it's unclear who will lead the backfield. Last week, it was Roshan Johnson that was the most productive with five carries for 36 yards, but Deontay Foreman drew the start. He only had six carries, which resulted in negative six yards, and I still like Khalil Herbert's talent if he's given the opportunity to lead the backfield, but I'd say the best bet is Johnson right now and it's unfortunate that it's a three-headed committee, but maybe we'll see Johnson get an extended look over the final three games in an audition for 2024. For wide receiver, DK Metcalf, I don't see Tennessee being able to cover him, playing heavy man coverage that Metcalf can take advantage of. So especially if Geno's back in the lineup or if Seattle is more aggressive in letting Drew Locke air it out, DK should be a strong wide receiver one. Also in the wide receiver one ranks is Garrett Wilson. I know it might be tough to trust the Jets offensively right now. Aaron Rodgers unlikely to return. And Zach Wilson needing to pass a concussion protocol to be under center. But this ranking is more about how bad Washington is on the back end. Combined with frustration for Wilson reaching a boiling point that might lead to him getting fed targets. As New York tries to get rolling some despite being eliminated from playoff contention. The other couple of options that I like more this week are D.J. Moore. We have in the top 15. I said the Cardinals are better attacked on the ground, but they're still weak through the air. And the connection between Justin Fields and Moore provides plenty of upside. So he should be a high-end, high-upside wide receiver too. And then jumping down to the wide receiver 28 spot, and he's not higher because of the floor, but Gabe Davis has huge upside versus the Chargers. Anyone who watched last Thursday night saw Las Vegas had wideouts consistently running free in the secondary and this is a spot where Buffalo could get Davis involved he does a lot of the dirty work and maybe Los Angeles won't be competitive enough for Davis to have a big night but I would think he's going to get a shot or two so Davis at least has plenty of upside if you're in a two-week playoff for the second half of a semifinal game I also think George Pickens could be worth a shot we'll see who Mason Rudolph prefers as his top target But he's had a nice deep ball dating back to his days at Oklahoma State. And without Cam Taylor-Britt at cornerback, the Bengals are vulnerable on the back end. So ideally, Pittsburgh will have more aggressiveness. Pushing the ball downfield with Rudolph and Pickens exploding with the big game wouldn't be a surprise. For a guy to avoid, I would say Terry McLaurin facing the Jets. He showed the big playability still there with huge production when Jacoby Brissett took over last week. But Sam Howell will start for the Commanders on Sunday. And there's just not enough confidence in how to get McLaurin the ball, taking on Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. And I'll get to Dynasty recommendations in the final episode in a couple of weeks. But i just say to hold on to McLaurin and especially Jahan Dotson and hope that a quarterback change and offensive change next year is able to boost their value. And finishing things off at tight end, big production from Sam Laporta and David Njoku have them in the top five. Trey McBride right behind them is knocking on the door as the tight end six in a great matchup versus Chicago. And hopefully even with the Giants losing last week, Darren Waller is involved in a good matchup versus the Eagles. He checks in as the tight end seven. So that pushes down George Kittle for a tough matchup versus Baltimore and Dallas Goddard facing the Giants. The talent of both Kittle and Goddard make them top 12 options and guys you probably can't bench but the one streamer to consider as a potential tight end one is Hunter Henry taking on Denver. As stated many times before, Vance Joseph's defense is not very good defending tight ends, and that's an understatement. So if Henry dealing with a knee injury is healthy enough to go on Christmas Eve, he's been the clear top target for Bailey Zappi and would bring plenty of upside to fantasy lineups. So that will conclude this episode. As always, you can find our full rankings and analysis on WolfSports.com and we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, Merry Christmas, and thank you for listening. I'm Dylan Chapin. This is the Fantasy Concierge Podcast.